This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to have my next guest. You know, she has, you know, successfully obtained her honors uh, in business administration. She has, she went on to get her law degree and her MBA, so highly educated. So why did she become a life and success coach? I always wonder that, you know, because I, com- I was in commercial real estate for uh, 17 years of my, my career or 20, actually 20 years of my career. I went to school for marketing and was going to get my MBA. And then I became a coach, you know, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that. But, you know, you start to realize that, you know, you have all of these things that you've learned over the over your lifetime and um, and you have something to share. You have something to say. And uh, I, I'm very interested in hearing her story because, you know, having a law degree and an MBA is very interesting set of skills. Amazing skills. Thank you. Angela Bell, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? Oh, I'm doing amazing. I'm excited. I really am excited to hear about, you know, what had you to make this move? You know, what life changes had you to do that? But first, what had you go into law and get your MBA? Um, That's a great question. So I think I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I was going to be a lawyer. Uh, And it's just something I carried with me all through, you know, high school, through undergrad. It's like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, And so then, yeah, I went to law school and um, they happened to offer a concurrent program where you could get your JD and your MBA at the same time. And I figured, well, since I'm here, (laughs) why not? right. Might as well. <laughs> I know. I'm spending all my time on school anyways. I might as well spend some more time on school. So, and I, I thought it would serve me in the future because I was interested in contracts and, and business law. So I figured having the MBA with the law degree would, would really benefit me in the long run. That's really cool. Is, is your family, anyone in your family, uh, do you come from a family of lawyers? No, no. I'm the, I'm the first and only, I think. Well, I mean, my my aunt Teresa, my dad's brother's wife, ex wife, um, she's a lawyer. Um, but I don't even know that I knew that until I was in law school, because I think when I was a kid, she was just Aunt Teresa. Yeah. What made you think, okay, I got to be a lawyer? Like even as a kid, what was the thing? Like I can definitely say that I wanted to be a businesswoman, and it was stems back to like Mary Tyler Moore's show or something. Like I saw those, those images in the eighties and thinking, I want to be that lady, you know, that woman who's going into corporate America and she's like, has this whole look, but what do you think yours is coming from? Um, I think a lot of it, I've always, I've always believed that somehow things should be fair and that there should be justice and it should be, there should be a just society. Uh, Ever since I was a little kid, I always sought to make it fair and equal for people. And and something about the law profession appealed to that side of me where I wanted to make it okay for everybody on, on all sides. 
And I thought, well, if I'm a lawyer, then I can fix things because in my mind, lawyers had all this power to make things better and make changes. And so that's what I wanted to do. Right. And then you learned what? Um, You know, I learned that there's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork. (laughs) Um, And that the changes that I wanted to make and the way that I wanted to impact people couldn't necessarily be done in a courtroom. Yes. So, yeah, it had to be. And and I mean, I don't I don't ever regret taking my law degree because I think it taught me a, a unique way of thinking of of the fact that both sides can potentially be right. You know, it yes. really opens your eyes to that. Um, and learning how to argue both sides of things makes you more aware of that. But um, you know, there was other things I wanted to do. So yeah, you know, and I think now that I have lawyers from my business, like mm-hmm. now I realize what lawyers do. They do a lot of research. Yes, That's what they do. They look up stuff. And uh, like, I'll ask my lawyer or something. It's okay, let me go research that. And I'm like, Oh, that's what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's very, very cool. Okay, so then you were in law. How long did you stay in your profession? Probably about a, a year. <laughs> about a year. And then yeah. what, cha- what, what changed? What was like, okay, yeah, this is not working out. <laughs> well, I went to law school down in, in the States uh, and my family and everybody's in Canada. So I think I just wanted to move home. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is great. I had a, I had a really great experience, worked for a great law firm, um, really enjoyed the experience, but I really wanted to come home. Um, and so I just decided I was going home. And then I guess when it came time to doing all the work to become a Canadian lawyer, cause you don't just get to walk in and Ta-da, you're a Canadian lawyer too. You have to write tests all over again and do all that stuff. Um, I didn't really have the heart for it anymore. It wasn't what I really wanted to to spend yeah. my time doing. So yeah, I get that. Well, you went back home and then you said you successfully grew your family's food manufacturing business. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Uh, My dad and I always wanted to own a business. We were just always set we were going to own a business. And my dad worked in the food industry in some capacity or another for 20, 30 years. Um, So when this little company came up for sale, um, we're like, okay, we're going to do this. This is great. This is what we're going to do. And it manufactured natural and artificial flavors. I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I think I just thought flavors came from somewhere. But um, And so we bought this company and started working on it. Um, And then, so we grew the initial flavor business. Um, And I have no science background. So I had to learn all these different things to be able to manufacture flavors. Had to research, Um, basically. Yeah, I had to research. So there's my law degree serving me well. (laughs) Um, And then we expanded to um, manufacture... um, like pastry fillings, but on an industrial level. So we made like pie fillings and all of these different like glazes for donuts and icings and syrups. And we actually got a contract with one of the largest um, distribute like bakery distributors in Canada. Um, and so that just kind of kept growing. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was a fun ride. That's really <laughs> cool. And you did that for how long? Uh, six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. 
So now how are you transitioning all of this experience um, into your success coaching? Because you've obviously been successful in uh, what you've done so far. I mean, going from 200K to a $2.5 million um, business in five years is crazy. So how are you taking that and saying, okay, now I want to really focus on and why that's the other question is yeah. why because I know so for me and I'm really always so interested in women I really focus on women because women have different stages in their life and they can be one person in this stage and a completely different person in another stage aka mom right aka post you know, kids being at home, right? AKA now empty nester. Like women can have these different phases and what's going to motivate her at that stage can be quite different from the last stage, right? So what do you think what was motivating you now and what did you do next? Um, so I think what, what really motivated me to kind of get into coaching women, specifically coaching moms was when I, when I had my kids, we were in the middle of, so I have, I have twins and I had my twins when we were in the middle of, you know, growing and, and building this, this new pastry fillings manufacturing plant. Um, and it was, my kids came early and I think everybody kind of looked at me like I was just supposed to stay home all of a sudden. Right. And I was like, and I'd always been an ambitious person. I'd always been driven. I loved big goals. Like they just, the idea that, you know, maybe I couldn't do it inspired me um, because I wanted to just see if I could. Exactly. And then, so, you know, my kids come and I've still got this business to run because I don't necessarily know how to just step away. And, and there's not really, it's a small family business. There's not really anybody to take my place, but at the same time, anytime I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to be going back to work. I get that response that, that kind of, oh, really, you know, who's going to look after your kids or, you know, don't you think you should be with your kids? And, and something about that really bothered me. Like it just crawled under my skin. And I was like, why do people think that becoming a mom suddenly means that women can't do other things or that we, we don't want to do other things or that we don't still need to do other things to feel fulfilled and, and yeah, that, that kind of sat with me for a while and really bothered me. Um, and so I decided uh, once we, we kind of moved away from the food manufacturing, um, I actually became, got into real estate as well and worked on financing. And I really decided I wanted to help women reclaim their voice and their, and their, their internal permission to go after their goals. Um, and not feel bad about it and not, I mean, all you hear about, you know, mom guilt and, you know, the mental load and all of these things that we as mothers take on and deal with. And, and half the time, it's not even ours to take on. The guilt doesn't come from us. It comes from the stories we internalize and the limiting beliefs that we, we take on. And I wanted to help people break free of that because I look at it and I've worked with a lot of women over the years and I think that, that the world is missing out when moms don't go after their goals because these are brilliant, you know, creative, strong problem solvers. Like they're compassionate. They're, there's so many things. And when we put them in a box and we, and we say, this is where you have to stay now 
feel really, really bad if you try to venture outside that box, the whole world misses out. And so I wanted to do something about that. <laughs> oh my goodness, Angela, you are legit from word for word saying exactly what the conversation I had this afternoon, right? One of the things that motivates me so much and, and actually, I don't want to say pisses me off, but it really does because women don't get the choice. They don't get choices. We only get one or the other. And then we're made, feel bad, made to feel bad if we want to, if we need to do other things, you know, and, uh, and, and, and if we can, as if we can't, you know, and uh, I can go on a whole tangent on this, what you're talking about. I think you are so right. Yeah. And so I, I decided to take that and turn it. I'm really good at, at, at setting and achieving goals. It's just, and I'm also, I have, an, I have a, a gift for identifying other people's limiting beliefs, for talking to people. Because when I look at people, I see potential. Like I listen to them talk and I'm like, oh my gosh, you would be so great at this or you could do this. And so when I put those two things together, I'm like, I'm going to help moms. I'm going to help them let go of these limiting beliefs, stop caring about what society says they should do, get really clear on their goals and feel good going after them. And not at the expense of their relationship with their children, but to strengthen it. Right. So, so good. So good. Okay. So let's talk about some difficulties. Let's talk about some challenges because as a mom, as a businesswoman, you know, we, a lot of times we know about these things called mom guilt and all these, or uh, it's because we've experienced it um, or difficulties that as, as, you know, trying to juggle both. So have you experienced any things that have been difficult for you as a mom, as a businesswoman, as a wife, as a daughter of, or working with your dad? I mean, it could be a lot of million things that you could have experienced uh, that you would like to share. Um, I think probably the biggest, I, I lived through the biggest challenge in all of those areas. Um, and it was a year long, <laughs> like it was, and it was a combination of things. Um, so obviously like we discussed, we built up this business and it was, it was great. Like we were doing all these great things, uh, but growing at that speed is a challenge. Um, and, you know, it involves taking on significant debt and it involves all of these things. So probably what, around, actually, I know the date. So January 23rd, 2017, um, we're in the middle of all this growth. I've got my two one and a half year olds at home and uh, my dad dies. Oh, my goodness. In a car accident. So that was, that was like earth life shaping. I can't even say what it was. It was just, it was this experience that time stands still and, and nothing's real. And yeah. it's like this paradigm shift because, you know, here we are doing all of this stuff and I walk through the front door of my house and he's just not there anymore. There's my mom telling me that he's gone. And I, I went in this weird mode where I just worked and I worked and I functioned and I just got stuff done. And, you know, I'm sure anyone that's gone through this sort of thing knows grief does really funny things to your, to your head. And 
and it's tough. And when you don't take the time to process that grief, um, you know, you, you, you make bad decisions, you, you do things out of, out of that grief, like you invest a lot of money into a business that maybe you shouldn't be investing in anymore. And, and you, you just kind of keep, you try to keep life as normal as possible, but at the, ex, at the expense of, of other things. So a year after my dad dies, we're still, we're trying to consolidate three manufacturing facilities into one, which is again, very expensive, very stressful. And we get it done and uh, things aren't going well. I mean, like my mom worked for the company, my sister worked for the company, I worked for the company. We're all like grieving the loss of my father who is, you know, like the mentor of the company. Things just aren't going well. None of us can see it, but we know it. And then I go into the, to the plant one Saturday afternoon to get ready for an angel investor meeting that week to try to turn things around. And uh, the landlord's there with the bailiff changing the locks on the building. Oh, man. So within a one-year period, I lost my dad. I lost the business. Um, I've got my mom, my sister, everybody kind of looking at me going, what are we going to do? Right. Like we have no jobs. We've, we've sunk all our money into this thing. And I was like, oh, I've got kids looking at me like, what's going on, mommy? Why are you home every day? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I think a lot of women can relate to this. I just did whatever it took. Yes. Right. I got a job. It was, it was an hour drive to get there, but it was something I could do to pay the bills while I put my life back together. So I got a job and I just started figuring stuff out and not necessarily processing the grief of any of those losses or dealing with the psychological effects of your business going bankrupt, but I just did what I needed to do. And I kept going. Um, and, and there was, a, there was a lot of tears involved and there was a lot of, you know, just cursing whatever was willing to listen to me curse it. Yeah. Um, but over time, it turns out that it was all blessing in disguise, not losing my dad, obviously, but losing the business. Like it, I wasn't happy anymore. Like after my dad was gone, it wasn't my dream anymore. Yeah. And I was working so hard and these long hours, like coming home, making dinner, putting my kids to bed, going back to the office after that so that I could work more, you know, getting three, four hours sleep a night, literally just working myself to death. And I wouldn't have stopped because yeah. I was trying to keep this dream going. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was a struggle. Wow. But well, you know, um, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that because, <clears throat> you know, I can relate in a lot of ways. A lot of things like that happened to me, you know, 2016, you know, my, my mom and, and my mom died in 2017. My dad died, you know, um, before that I had, it was insane, you know, so I've been through some ups and downs with my business and having to, I mean, you know. I always say, if you're a grown woman, you've been through some stuff you have, you know, and that's just the truth. And, uh, and then hopefully you work through it. You'll work on yourself. You take the lessons. Um, 
you go through what you have to go through and then you get to the next thing, next other side. Of course, you know, losing a parent is never, ever easy to this day. <laughs> it's not something that you just go, oh, okay, and then you just go on to the next thing. And no, it isn't just not, you know, it's always there. However, you know, you take these lessons and you go on to the next thing. And, and then by sharing your story, which I'm so grateful for you sharing this story, then you see what happens on the other hand. It's not like you get into a ditch and you stay there. You know, what are you now? A success coach, you're on the other end of it. And that's just it, is they're really, for as awful as things feel sometimes, there's so much that can be taken from it. Yeah. Um, I mean, now I look at it and I'm not afraid of failure. Right. I, I've lived it. Like yeah. I am not, if someone's like, Oh, well, it might not work out. I'm like, Oh, well, <laughs> Girl, that's exactly the same way I feel. Yeah. yeah. Like you live through it and you get to the other side and you realize that the world did not fall apart. Yes. The sky did not fall on you yeah. and you're still here and you're like, Oh, well, if I can get through that, right. I can get through anything. Right. Like that was, that what could possibly been about the worst case scenario. Like mm -hmm. you can think like, okay, well, okay, I did that. It wasn't easy, but it, the, the sky didn't fall. You no. know, I was able to keep moving. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. so true. So true. And I hope that our listeners are really hearing this story and going, you know, just getting inspired by that, you know, just knowing that you know, you can get back up and do it all over again and get to the next thing. At what and point, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the things that you can, like it absolutely in the middle, like you feel terrible and you cry a lot and you think that you don't know what to do. But I mean, we're, we're miraculous creatures. We, we, we figured out and we keep going and this drive to, to expand and to, and to, see what's next just keeps us going mm -hmm. and we do figure it out yeah and it's a beautiful thing it is it is so at what point did you decide you know you got a job what at what, what point did you decide okay I have some really serious skills like really serious skills I can help a lot of people I'm going to start this life coaching life success coaching business what how much how long after that Probably about three years. Okay. So I took a job at a food manufacturing company. I probably did that for about a year. And then I got into mortgages mm -hmm. because somebody told me I could make really good money in mortgages. And I wanted to kind of reestablish myself as someone that could look after my family and my business. So I was like, if, some, if I can make a lot of money just working hard and helping people accomplish a, a life goal, like get a house or, mm -hmm. or do something, great. And so I learned how to do mortgages and I did well at it. Mm -hmm. And throughout all that time, I just started to see this pattern of, you know, people would ask me about things. Well, how did you do this? Or how, how are you always so happy after all of that? Or, you know, how do you set these goals and get them? And it just started to circle around in my head and I was like I could help people with this because there's really I look at it and I go there's nothing magical about what I do I'm human I've I've failed like the best of them and I've succeeded so 
if I can do it, that means everybody can do it. And all I have to do is show them how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably about three years. About three years. That's incredible. What keeps you inspired? Um, my kids. Yeah. Um, the idea that the world can be a better place and that I could play a part in it. Um, it sounds very up there, I guess, to say that, but I really do believe that, you know, if we can raise the vibration of the world and we can, we can create more love and I want to be a part of that. So helping other people achieve their goals and feel good about their lives. I think, I think I can help with that. So it's still the same as it always has been. It was yeah. the same goal when you decided to become a lawyer. You were trying to accomplish the same exact dream. Mm -hmm. That's something. Mm -hmm. Very cool. What would you tell another woman who uh, was experiencing a very difficult, challenging uh, <clears throat> failure or experience or opportunity for growth, however you want to look at it? She was in a, a, a moment. Uh, how would you tell, what would you tell her to do first to get moving to the other side? Talk to people. Don't isolate. I think, you know, I know for myself, one of the first things I used to do is just put up walls when yeah. things got tough. Because it was, I was going to hunker down and I was going to figure it out. And no one could understand what I was going through. So I wasn't, and I didn't want to put my problems on people. I didn't want to impose, um, but find people to talk to. If, if it's a challenge or if you're, if you're unsure, talk about it, find women to talk to. Yeah. Um, it, it gets easier when you've got company, you feel better. Right. And, and when, when everything looks dark, having someone else that can see the light that maybe you just can't see, it helps a lot. Like find your tribe I'd find a tribe that believes in you. Um, and believe in yourself. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, Angela. People are going to be like, I want to connect with this woman. She sounds super cool. I really love her background, you know. And uh, so, first of all, tell me where people can find you on social media and then how people can connect with you if they need some kind of life coaching or success coaching. Uh, what is your website? Um, so on social media, on Instagram, uh, it's I am Angela Bell, but I dot am dot Angela Bell. Uh, Facebook, just Angela Bell, you can find me. Um, and then my website is www.angelabell.ca. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been amazing. I'm, I'm looking forward to all the stuff we're going to be doing in the future. Thank you so much for everything you're doing and, uh, and making the world a better place. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.